Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. We are really excited for what we have planned in the weeks ahead because we believe that there are subjects and things that you all need to lean into. But today we are in part four of a series that we're calling Forward. And now I know this seems like a really weird word as we've started this year because it seems like in so many ways, anybody feel like you're going backward? Maybe at best just spinning in circles. And maybe that's because you haven't really understood what we've mean by forward. Because see, when this word was put in my spirit and we decided that we would start 2022 centering around the word forward, it wasn't necessarily about moving beyond something. It's more about moving toward someone. Come on. This isn't necessarily about moving beyond some of the things that maybe you have found hard to get past over the last couple of years. And I know the last couple of years have dealt some blows. Come on, somebody say amen. Like you've, you've had to suffer through loss and pain. And, and some of us, the last couple of years have been some of the hardest that any of us have ever had to navigate in our entire lives. But I'm not just talking about moving beyond something. I'm talking about moving towards someone. That this is about moving forward. Stepping in the direction of the destiny that you were designed for. I have a deep belief in my spirit that every human exists because God wanted it so. That every single person that's ever been born, it's not happenstance, it's not accident, it's not coincidental. Again, I don't care what your mama told you. Like you were on purpose, that before you were in your mother's womb, you were in God's heart and mind. And I can show you multiple scriptures that I think prove this point. And the one that we've been leaning into most over the last several weeks is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. So grab a Bible, pull it up on your phone if you haven't underlined it yet. And if I hear the ruffling of pages of scripture, it's not going to hurt my feelings. You know you can bring your Bible to church. Come on, somebody. And I know you got it on your phone, but you know what? You're reading your Bible on your phone, then you get a Facebook alert, and then all of a sudden the devil's there. Come on, somebody. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Somebody say beforehand. Beforehand. Like before you were born, before you started school, before you got bullied, before you lost the job, before you went through the divorce, before you filed for bankruptcy, like beforehand, that God shaped you, formed you, molded you for something. And his intention was that you walk in it that you were created on purpose and for purpose. But stepping into that purpose is a process. And my question for us is, are you making progress? Like as we have started 2022, are you closer to living in the lane that God created for you or are you further away? Over the last year, have you moved further away from God or further or closer to God? Further away from God or closer to God, and I know we got all the excuses. And I said in week one, and jo- my, my good friend Josh Daywalt, who spoke last week, kind of reiterated this, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you cannot do both. Amen, preacher. Give me an amen, Tony. I'm glad you're here. Come on, bring it to me. You were created on purpose. 
And, and if Ephesians 2.10 wasn't enough, go to Jeremiah 1.5. Because if you've been at Vintage for a minute, you've heard me reference this verse several times. Because it means so much to me in my life and my story. It's Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Leave that up for just a second, y'all. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you cried, before you went to preschool, before you played on the jungle gym. What am I talking about right now? Before any of those things. It says God knew you before you were born. He said, and I don't think this is just true about Jeremiah. I think like this is true about all of us. And what my hope is and what I think part of the, the, the purpose of the church is to help every human step into that God-given purpose and potential. That he has something for you. And I don't know about you, but there's times that I just feel stuck. Anybody ever been in a dry season? Come on. Anybody ever feel like at some point along the way you just stalled out? That you let life get the best of you because life is hard, come on. <laughs> and somewhere along the way, yeah, you were moving towards God and then, and then we've talked about in this series, now there'll be moments when God, as sometimes to protect your progress, will put you on pause for a while. But even that pause is, is not passive, it is active. That even on pause, God can help you make progress. There's still some things he wants to do in and through you to prepare you for the next phase of your lives. And so often when God puts us on pause, we think we're supposed to stand there and do nothing. And that's why that pause lasts way longer than it should. But God's saying, even while you're on pause, I want to do things that prepare you for what's next. And we've been leaning into, to me, what's the greatest unstuck story in all of Scripture. The story of the nation of Israel the people group that embody everything that I'm talking about, the people that God handpicked to bring the Messiah to the world through. When God made a promise to Abraham and said, through you, Abraham, I'm gonna build this great nation and I'm gonna do all these amazing things and I'm gonna take you from where you are, childless and in this one place, and I'm gonna build something out of you. I'm gonna move you from where you are to where I desire you to be. And along the way, the nation of Israel goes from stuck to unstuck, from making progress to going backwards all along. And we're leaning into this story to help learn lessons from it. And we stepped into the story of a man named Moses. And he is this catalyst that God would handpick, that God would pluck from a river and put in the palace of Pharaoh in Egypt in order to use him and teach him the things necessary that would be used in and through him to move the nation of Israel out of 450 years of slavery into heading towards where God promised they should be. And we talked about how Moses had this burning bush moment that God came to him through this bush that was on fire. I know why God used fire, because dudes, man, we are fascinated by fire. It's weird. Something on fire, we just want to go over there, right? It's just like fire. And God speaks to him, and it's very clearly. And see, this is what God showed me last. Some of us, we're stuck right there. Because y'all heard me say that God may not give you a burning bush because he's given you the Holy Bible. That the way God speaks to us now is very different than the way he spoke to us then. He still speaks to us, but it's through the revelation of his word. Come on, y'all with me, say amen. And what you've discovered is, is Matt, like, I, I need the details. Matt, you said I'm not gonna get a burning bush, but I'm gonna get a holy Bible, and I've been opening up this book, and I still don't know which college I'm supposed to choose. 
Matt, I've been thinking about proposing to her and I've been reading and reading and reading and I still don't know if I'm supposed to get down on my knee. Matt, you said, look to the Holy Bible, but yeah, I've got four different job opportunities and I start reading in Psalms and David don't be telling me which one to take. And that's what's interesting about the word and will of God. Because when I start talking about this whole thing of purpose, there's something in us, I hope, that's welling up that you long for the will of God. Because look at me, in the will of God is the only place you ever need to be because it's the only place you will ever find fulfillment, joy, and comfort. Come on, testify somebody who knows that. Outside the will of God, it might be fun for a little while, but it'll leave you broke, busted, and hurt. Some of us have lived outside the will of God for some time. We got the scars, the resume to show it. And you say, man, I want the will of God, but here I am, I'm in purpose paralysis (laughs) because I'm looking at all these things in my life and I wanna move forward. I wanna step in the right direction. I just don't know which where to step. And first of all, I'm like, thank God we got options. But you know what? We want options, but then options frustrate the mess out of us, don't they? We've been snowed in lately. And if you're like my family, you sit down in front of the TV, you open up Netflix and you flip for 15 minutes and ah, nothing there. Then you open up Hulu and you flip for 15 minutes. Ah, And then you go to Disney Plus and you go to the other 57 streaming services. Cut the cord was supposed to save us money. I think I spend $1,400 a month on streaming services right now. (laughs) But next thing you know, you've been on 17 different streaming services. You say, ain't nothing on this TV. Because options are overwhelming. And some of us, we're living in that purpose paralysis where we're looking at all these different paths and we're stuck staring at multiple paths, so afraid we're gonna pick the wrong one, we end up picking no path at all. And it comes from a good place. It comes from this desire, like, God, I want your will. And we're so afraid that we're gonna pick the wrong path and it's gonna go sideways that we just stand there and we do nothing. But can I submit to you, what if the will of God isn't narrowed down to a singular path? Now listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The pathway to heaven is singular. It's through Jesus Christ alone. There is no other way to the Father except through him. Y'all with me say amen. The path to salvation, it's singular. But the pathway of your purpose What if God says, just pick one? (laughs) What what if God's saying, you know what? It's not about the path you walk. It's about who you walk it with. What if he's saying, it's not about the path you choose. It's about how you walk the one you pick. Do I need to say that again? Did y'all get that? Because it was really good. Y'all might need to be taking notes today. I'm saying, this is going to be on YouTube. You need to watch it later. What if it's not about the path? path you choose? What if it's about how you walk the one you pick? What if it's not narrowed down to a singular option? What if God says, yeah, you, you, you can be a doctor and bring me glory. You can be a janitor and bring me glory. Yeah, yeah, you, you can marry them. You can marry her. You can marry him. And, and you know what? If you, if you walk faithfully with me in that relationship and keep me first, I'll, I'll honor it and bring glory. To, yeah, you can take that promotion and still bring me on. Like, what if it's more about not the path we pick, but whom we walk it with, or maybe more importantly, who we walk it for? 
And maybe that's the game changer that somebody's been waiting for. You've been stuck in this purpose paralysis and God's saying, pick one. Just pick one. And then whichever one you pick, walk it with my hand in yours. Walk it faithfully bringing glory and honor to my name. Whatever you pick, do it for me. God's saying, pick a path and walk it faithfully and I will be with you and I will honor and bring glory to my name through whichever path you pick if your heart is fully surrendered to me and the motivation of every moment you have is for my glory. Somebody should be excited about that because that's good right there. Come on, somebody. Thank you for that golf clap, I appreciate that. <laughs> See, what if, there, what if there's not just one? What if, what, if, what if there's multiple paths you can walk and be in the will of God? What if the will, but let me give you some caveats though. I mean, look at, look at Proverbs 16, nine. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. What if the true meaning of that verse is like, you pick a path and then let me guide your feet? Does that make sense? Like, you pick a path, let me guide your feet. Let me, let me help you walk down it. But the, and this is what I know. I don't know exactly what God wants you to do. I don't know exactly what his career choice for, is for you. And you know what? There's been times in my life when I've very clearly heard specific things from God, I feel like. Like I really clearly, when I was 16 and I preached my very first message and I still submit it, it's the worst sermon in the history of preaching. It was about seven minutes long and it involved an illustration with corn kernels. I have no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But I really felt like the Spirit say in my heart, like this is what I want you to do for the rest of your life. Like I want you to be a preacher. And because some of y'all aren't hearing it the way I heard it or the way Moses heard it, maybe you've convinced, maybe God doesn't have anything for me. The fact that you're here is reason enough for me to believe God has something for your life. The, ver- the two verses we just read, Ephesians 3, Jeremiah 1, that's enough for me to know God has something for your life. And even though you haven't heard as specifically as some of us have heard in times, and like Moses heard, God has something for you. Something for you to do. And when you start realizing that anything you do, if you do it for God's glory, you can find joy in it. Come on, somebody. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. But also, I lean into verses like Acts chapter 17. And y'all have heard me read this before. Acts 17, 26. Paul's talking and he says, from one man, he made all the nations that they should habit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. I got 57 messages today. I'm glad we only got one gathering and y'all had brunch, so we're good to go, right? There's so much richness in those verses that God, number one, you exist here and now by the divine appointment of God. Like you got to be born with running water and electricity. Give God glory. I thought, I'm glad in 17 degrees this morning, I didn't have to go to an outhouse. Just saying. Like God picked here and now for you to be born. And then he said, so you would pursue him. You know what his will is? Him. He is what you need to pursue. More importantly, what is his, God, Matt, what's God's will for my life? That you know him and that 
you know you are known by him. Everything else is sprinkles on the cupcake, man. Matt, what's God's will for my life? That you know him. I can't give you all the other. That's the one thing I do know. Come on, somebody. I don't know all the details. I don't know what profession he wants you to go in. I don't know who he wants you to marry. I don't know what college he wants you to go to. But I know this. Look at me. He wants you to know him. And when you know him and pursue him and do things for his glory, all the other stuff shifts and changes and your perspective, it's different. And also know that he's put things in you that he wants to use for his glory. 1 Peter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so, so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That God has given you something. He has put something in you. And it's not used to build your bank account or to add square footage to your house or put some Yeezys on your feet. That resonated with three people in the room. (laughs) It's to bring him glory. That's God's will. Is that the one life he's given you is to bring him glory. So look at me. It's time to pick a path and just walk it faithfully. I'm talking to the people that have just been living in that purpose paralysis. You've been waiting for years, just coasting by. And and, and what what if you're already there? What if you're already, but Matt, I don't like it. Maybe it's because your mind needs to shift. Maybe it's because you need to see it different. Maybe it's, and, and, and maybe he won't take you to where you are next until you learn to have contentment where you are now. But this is what I need you to know. If you pick a path and you begin to walk it faithfully, you need to know that resistance is inevitable. Resistance is inevitable. And this is why I need to say this to you. Because nothing makes us question the path we picked like hard times. Because see, that's what we do, right? You say, okay, Matt, I'm gonna go. I pick this path, I'm walking it, and then all of a sudden it gets really hard. And all these things start coming against you. And everything you thought you could do, you're not able to do. And every turn that you go, every door handle you grab that you thought was open is locked as tight as it can be and you can't even move. And then when you hit resistance, you begin to think, did I pick the wrong path? You ever done that? I have. You know how many times in leading our church, I've run into a dead end, I'm thinking, God, was I supposed to play in a church? God, I thought you called me to play in a church. Have you ever, God, you called me to this? Why is it so doggone hard? Why did you call me to something that's so difficult? God, you gave me these kids. You need to do something with them. Because what I got in mind to do ain't going to be good. Resistance is inevitable, but I need you to know something. Number one, resistance is not a sign you are off course. Resistance is not a sign you are off course. But I also need to tell you, ease is no indicator you're on the right path. 
Resistance is not a sign you're off course. And ease is no indicator you're on the right path. Just because you, bre- you pick the path, you're just breezing on through. Like, yeah, this is from God. And the devil's like, gotcha. Gotcha. Because if you look at this, if we lean back into the story of Moses, if every time he bumped up against resistance and questioned his calling, if he would have given up, he'd have never made it very far. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the very moment that God was calling him to this, God made it very clear that this would be anything but easy. Look at it, Exodus chapter four, verse 21. It says, the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Do you even understand that that don't even make no sense? Go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go, but before you go, I'm gonna tell him not to let them go. If I'm God, if I'm Muslim, like, God, that don't make no sense. You want me to go tell him to let him go, but you're gonna tell him not to let him go. Why am I going if you're gonna tell him not to let him go? So listen, if God said it was gonna be difficult in the beginning, don't question when it gets hard in the middle. And all along the way, you see, move on into chapter five. Moses is doing all these things, trying to get these people to, trying to have these conversations with Pharaoh. Exodus 5, 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. God, I picked the path I believe you showed me and at every turn, it's not going like I thought it would. Matter of fact, it's going the exact opposite of what I expected. And see, if you don't understand that this can be a part of the process, you will begin to question the path you picked, reverse course, and step outside the will of God. Like, you gotta know this. And for Moses, it would continue to get (laughs) even more difficult. Move on into chapter 13. Move on into chapter 13. When they've finally gotten through all the plagues and all the things, and Pharaoh says, all right, fine, get out of here. Go. Chapter 13, verse 17. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not let them, did not lead them on the road to the Philistine country, though it was shorter. (laughs) For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert toward the Red Sea. Anybody else feel like following God is you're going around, like God, I don't need to sing it route right now. Come on. I need a straight line. Anybody ever had God take you the long way? Testify, the long way. Maybe this because y'all hard-headed like me. And there's things that God has to teach you in that process. Because God is just as concerned about the journey as he is the destination. About what he's trying to teach you along the path as you're walking with him and he's shaping you and molding you in this process. Part of the process is connected to the purpose. But all along the way, God continued to show evidence that he was with them. Look at verse 21 of chapter 13. It says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar 
of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. And neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. That you gotta trust that God is with you even in those moments when you can't see it. That God had this physical evidence with the nation of Israel as they were traveling the path. And I would love to tell you that along the path of pursuing your purpose, that it will be just as visible as it was for them, but it's not. Sometimes you gotta look for it. There's been those moments in my journey, in my story, in my life, whether it be in my marriage as a parent or pastoring this church, that it's gotten hard, but I found those subtle little reminders that God is still there. You know how I know he's still there? Because the word says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Our God does not abandon his people ever. And even though he may be silent, he is not absent ever. He is omnipresent. He is always there. He is inescapable. And now listen, one of the things you need to know though is the will of God, look at me, this is really important. The will of God will always be found within the boundaries of what scripture says is wise and holy. Y'all hear that? The will of God will always lie within the boundaries of what this book says is wise and holy. Because some of y'all, I'm like, well, I'm just doing this as God's will. There's times I, people are like, well, I just feel like God called me that. I'm like, no, he didn't. You know how I know that? Because that is so contrary to scripture, it's impossible. If you've been around vintage very long, one of the first weirdest things that ever happened to me I've been a youth pastor for about six months, and I had a girl in my youth group come up to me. I think she was 14 at the time. She said, um, Pastor Matt, I just want you to know that my boyfriend and I are really praying about whether or not we should have sex. Yeah. I said, let me tell you, God's answer is no. <laughs> Clearly, you can stop praying. Jesus has spoken. Where's your mama? And where's the boy? Hide the guns. Like there's, God's will, look at me, understand, God's will will always reside in the boundaries of what scripture says is wise and holy. And that's why we have been pounding so hard that you know this book. Like that's the greatest detail I can give. God's will will never be anything that this book says is sinful. Do you know what this book says is sinful and what's not? Because our culture is trying to tell you that there are things that are sinful that are no longer sinful because it's a different time and it's a different culture. But God's word says, nah, it's sinful now. It was sinful then. It'll be sinful 100 years from now until I come back. Come on, somebody. Like that stuff don't change. God's will will always reside within the boundaries of what the scriptures declares as wise and holy. And Moses is still trying to figure all this stuff out. And then by the time they get to this point, go skip on down to Exodus chapter 14 and drop down to verse 15. Their reward for walking in obedience is there comes a moment when Pharaoh says, what did I just do? I just let our entire labor force leave our country. How are we gonna continue to move forward? Like, no, we, we gotta go back and get them. And so the fiercest fighting army in the known world goes to chase a bunch of beaten, worn out slaves. 
And the next thing you know, the nation of Israel finds themselves between the Red Sea and the fiercest fighting, fighting army in the known world. You want to talk about being, God's will sometimes will lead you between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> and what will you do in that moment? Will you continue to trust God and believe that he has led you where he wants you to be? Actually, go back to verse 13. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. It says, Moses answered the people, you do, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. God says, I got this. And this is what I need you to know. This is what I put in my journal as I was reading these passages once again over the last several weeks. The presence of fierce opposition is not the absence of faithful obedience. The presence of fierce opposition is not the absence of faithful obedience. See, when you finally pick a path and decide you're gonna walk it with and for God, look at me, it will not be easy. Resistance is inevitable. Resistance is not only inevitable, I will submit to you, it will be frequent. And along the way, you're gonna have to learn to discern, is this a test or is this temptation? Is this God testing me along the way? Or is this the enemy trying to get me to lose my way and abandon God and do my own thing? And learning that discernment along the way is so important to continuing to pursue the path of purpose that God has for you in your life. And can I just tell you from experience, it doesn't look like you thought it would. There was a time in my life I was convinced if it didn't work, it must not have been from God. Can I submit to you, I've learned that even failure can be God's will. I know that seems crazy to some of y'all because you, you think God told me to do something. I did it and it didn't work. And you say, did God tell me to do that? And God's like, yeah. Can I just tell you every moment in my life, God looked at me and says, I needed you to fail. Look at me. Because there are things forged in failure that can never be shaped by success. There are things forged in us in failure that can never be shaped by success. Maybe God was trying to build perseverance in Moses when he kept sending him back and sending him back. And it's like, yeah, I want, I want him to say no. I want him to say no again. I want him to say no again. I want him to say no again. Will you keep going back? If I keep telling you to go back, will you go back and ask him? He's like, God, why are you asking me to ask him when you know he's gonna say no? He's like, you just do what I tell you to do. That God is building something in you throughout it all, shaping you, molding you into who God created you to be. Sometimes even in, and what about, what if, what if the most beautiful things God does in us is the failure that was a part of his will? 
You don't think that the day they watched Jesus go into the grave, they thought everything about that seemed like failure till three days later when it was the greatest story of success. Without the failure, the beauty of the celebration resurrection morning couldn't happen. So let me give you three things I need you to do. Number one, pick a path. Those of you that are standing in this purpose paralysis, pick a path. You've been been stationary for way too long. Pick a path, walk it faithfully. Walk it with him and for him. Number two, you gotta embrace the challenge. You gotta embrace the challenge that comes with the resistance. You can't let it deter you. You can't let it cause you to question. You can't allow it to move you to give up. And number three, stay the course. In just a minute, we're gonna watch a handful of people get baptized through those waters. If you're getting baptized today, I especially want you to listen to me right now. You're gonna come out of those waters and I'm gonna submit to you, if not by the end of the day, this next week might be the hardest one you've ever had spiritually. Because every time you take a spiritual step, the enemy intensifies his attack on you. Can you testify, church? You've picked the path. You've made the decision. Some of y'all have been waiting, putting this off, deciding, and now you, you're, you're moving forward in your purpose by going through the waters of baptism. And the resistance will come. And the enemy will want to take hold of you and pull you back and back and back. You remind him he has no place in your life because you walk with the one who has defeated death. So you stand with me. We're going to worship. If you're getting baptized today, I invite you to go ahead and go through the door that's to my left, that back door. Some of our team are going to be waiting on you to give you further instructions. Go ahead and go now. I tell you what, I'm going to do something. I don't know if we can do this or not. If you're here today and you didn't plan on getting baptized, but you feel like that's what you need to do. Maybe you've been in that purpose paralysis and you've, been, you've watched people get baptized over the last year or six months or two years and you've been coming up with every excuse why you can't get baptized. Maybe today's the day you pick a path. We got shirts, we got shorts, we got, I think we do. You just, or you just can go home wet. It's cold, but you'll be fine. <laughs> go. Let me tell you something. It's worth going home freezing cold and wet in obedience to God than going home dry in disobedience. Come on, somebody. So God, we worship you today. We lift up our voice in praise. And God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, whether it's standing in this room or watching online, who God is standing, staring at multiple paths, just paralyzed out of fear they're gonna choose the wrong one. And God, I pray that you would just help them to have the courage to take a step, to pick a path and walk it faithfully, to walk it with you and for you, trying with everything in them through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring you honor and glory. And God, for those of us who bumped up against resistance and maybe that's caused us to stall out, God, I pray that you'd help us to push through, that you'd build us in, in us the perseverance and endurance necessary to continue to walk forward in faith, trusting you along the way. God, move in us right now as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.